0: Welcome to episode 157 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. I know this episode is coming out earlier than anticipated. When I set out to do this podcast, I decided I wasn't just going to be going through every episode of the X-Files, but also episodes of other shows that spoofed or parodied the X-Files. And I planned it out and compiled that list based on what I could find on Wikipedia, on the IMDB, and so forth. Lately I've been recataloging my DVDs episode by episode in a spreadsheet, what I have watched, what I haven't, figured how to watch them in order. And I stumbled upon an episode I had completely forgotten about from John Woo's Once a Thief that also spoofed the X Files. So what we're now discussing in episode 157 should have been discussed in episode 120. I will submit to the IMDb to say that, yes, it's a reference there, so that anyone else who's looking for references and spoofs will not miss it, as I did. And I really shouldn't have. It's just been too long since I've seen this. Really, I haven't seen it since the original broadcast. So John Woo's Once a Thief takes inspiration from the John Woo film, and it was adapted in Canada through the CTV network, Was a Canadian syndicated show. It started as a made for TV movie that was aired in September 1996, and then that was used as a two part pilot episode for a 22 part or a 22 episode season that kicked off in the fall of 1997. Episode 18, The Director Files, aired on March 14, 1998. The average IMDb user score is a 7.1 out of 10. And the action primarily takes place in an ambiguous city where everything takes place. The basic premise started off with Mac, Vic, and Leanne being recruited into the agency. So they're special agents, licensed to kill style agents, who do various government missions. Along the way, a fourth team member joins. And at this point, the four of them are working for the director. They don't know the name of the director. It's a very shadowy agency. It's got professional assassins on board called the Cleaners. There's other directors involved. And the organization is run by the head. There's even a tech guy named Nathan, who's a little bit paranoid, but good at his job. They do try to avoid him. And in this particular episode, the director... Appears to be the victim of alien abduction at first. We soon learn that she's actually the victim of mind control experiments, picking up on threads from earlier in the series. And it's really another one of the directors trying to manipulate things and take over the company in a coup so that he would then be in charge of the agency. And their disappearance brings in Special Agent Diller and Special Agent Clancy in very Mulder and Scully spoof roles for the director files. They get a lot of the the spoof elements nicely done, including the cell phone calls between the two agents, the attire, the basic physical type. You know, Diller is about six feet tall, brown hair, trench coat. Clancy tends to wear black pantsuits, red hair, a little bit shorter. The height differences are not as extreme as they are between David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. But they're coming in from the outside and doing this investigation. The most notable of the leads, as far as X Files fans would be concerned, is Nick Lee. So the man who plays Alex Krycek himself is one of the leads in Once a Thief. He actually plays Vic or Victor Mansfield, and at one point he calls Agent Diller the Mulder analog Spooky, and he says, "Don't call me Spooky, Rat Boy, In response, Ratboy being the online nickname for Crycheck. So they do play into the fact that, yes, they've got Crycheck on their show. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's part of what inspired this episode as a whole. Breaking in the cast and crew in more detail, there are two episodes of this series that are directed by John Pace. This is his second. He had previously directed Mama's Boys. He's best known for directing segments of Kids in the Hall, Hotbox, Crime Wave, His top four best knowns are not things that I would have known him for. Uh, Maniac Mansion and Kids in the Hall are the two that stand out to me, but that could be more because I'm Canadian than anything else. Now, Philip Bedard and Larry Lalonde are the co writers on this one. They wrote six episodes of the series, including the Family Business Made for TV movie and the Brother Against Brother movie. There were three two-part episodes that were aired as TV movies. They had previously worked on Dracula the Series in 1990, Man and Machine, Kung Fu the Legend Continues, Due South, Forever Night, and their most recent work is in V-Wars, which is in post-production for a 2019 release. They also worked on Murdoch Mysteries. The series was adapted for television by the pair of Glenn Davis and William Lauren. They've got 16 credits to their name, A lot of the same ones as the previous writing team we just mentioned, so not just Once a Thief, but also the upcoming V-Wars, Man and Machine, and William Lauren's credits go back to Alfred Hitchcock Presents, the 1988 remake, and Glenn Davis has matching credits all the way through. They do seem to be a writing team. Now the other two leads that were there from the start, as the three main agents are Ivan Sergey and Sandrine Holt. Ivan Sergei is listed here as being best known for Jack and Jill, The Opposite of Sex, Crossing Jordan, and the Breakup. I also enjoyed him in the short-lived Wednesday's 930-830 Central sitcom, where he starred with Laurie Laughlin and Ed Bigley Jr. for a grand total of eight episodes. I really enjoyed it, but they kept trying it in different time zones and even changed the title. They couldn't find the audience from the get go, and the network didn't leave it in the same place on the dial long enough for an audience to stick around. He was also David Dilgalewski in Jack and Jill. He had recurring roles in Crossing Jordan, Hawaii. He was Henry Mitchell in 11 episodes of Charmed. He was Robert in 10 episodes of Gravity. He was in a couple episodes of The Mentalist, some episodes of Twisted, Castle, NCIS New Orleans, Granite Flats. CSI crime scene investigations. He's been steadily working with a couple of jobs coming up in post production in Butterfly Guard and Magic Max. Now, Sandrine Holt has a number of credits to her name. She's actually in a season 11 episode of The X Files as Dr. Kara Hamby. That's her only X Files credit. The also known for credits on the IMDb list, Jillian Cole as the role in House of Cards. She was Julie Hahn in The Returned, Simone Martin in Homeland, and Susan Jacobs in Mr. Robot. She's been in multiple episodes of Special Victims Unit, of The Crossing. She was Patricia Thornton in the rebooted MacGyver, in only 12 episodes of that series, which I haven't gotten to yet. I want to finish my rewatch of the original, but I was hoping that Pat Thornton would be a role that would last longer. She was Detective Chung in Terminator Genesis, not to mention. Catherine Rothberg, in a few episodes of The L Word, Evelyn Martin in 24. She was in Starship Troopers 2, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Her career kicked off with Friday the 13th, the series. She also did an episode of The Outer Limits in early season three after the made-for-TV movie of Once a Thief, but before it got picked up for series. So I quite like her as an actress. I'm Not sure why she hasn't had more prominent roles, but she has been working steadily with 69 credits to her name. The director is played by Jennifer Dale, also known for So You Said Yes, Saving Hope, What Would Sal Do, and Dark Stranger, 115 credits to her name. Genre fans may also know her from Mutant X, X X-Men Mutant Academy 2, the voice of Nebula in the Silver Surfer cartoon, as well as the voice of Mystique in the 1992 X-Files, or X-Men cartoon. So she's got credits in her name going back to 1979. Victoria Pratt also had a recurring role on Mutant X. She plays Jackie. She was the late uh, joiner in this group. She picked up mid-season. Also known for Daybreak, Jocona, Kraken. Laser Team 2 is her latest credit. She was in 24 episodes of Heartland as Casey McMurtry. She has 59 credits to her name, starting with Jackie Janzig in the Brother Against Brother Once a Thief TV series. So this really launched her career that would take her through Xena, Forbidden Island, Cleopatra 2525, and the other roles that we mentioned. Now, Geordie Johnson plays Desmond Happy, the other director who was trying to take over. This was his only appearance in Once a Thief. He has no X-Files credits to his name. He's also still working 59 credits to his name going up to 2018. Best known for his work in The English Patient, for playing Alexander Lucard in Dracula the Series, as well as roles in Largo Winch and Durham County. A.C. Peterson plays the head of the organization. He's got 181 credits to his name, including Shanghai Noon, NARC, Shooter, and Agent Cody Banks. He also plays Mr. Y in two episodes of The X-Files, My Struggle 3 and My Struggle 4, also from Season 11. He's got numerous credits, including some episodes of Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis, Due South, and a number of other shows going back to 1984. Now, Greg Kramer and Julian Richings have recurring roles as the the company hitmen, the cleaners, as they're called. Kramer has 33 acting credits to his name, including 300, Day After Tomorrow, On the Road, and I'm Not There. Julian Richings is probably the better known of the two. He was Lorem and Man of Steel. He was in Patriot, Urban Legend. He was the ferryman in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. 198 credits to his name. So he's worked a lot, including Orphan Black, the 12 Monkeys TV series. He's got a very distinctive look that makes him a little bit creepy, so that's a big part of where his appeal comes from, and that could be why he's getting a lot of recurring roles, but very few lead roles. The last recurring character is James Alodi. He's the one that plays Nathan, the conspiracy nut. He's actually got 19 director credits to his name. He's been doing a lot of TV directing, as well as 44 acting credits, including... Regenesis, where he also directed, The Murdoch Mysteries, Due South, so there's no direct X-Files credits to his name. The last two stars I want to highlight are Graham Abbey, who plays Agent Dillard, the Mulder Analog. He's best known for playing Constable Mike in Defender, James in Take This Waltz, Devin Jordan in Covert Affairs, and Simon Bowler in Casino Jack. Not a huge number of credits to his name. He had A recurring role on Degrassi, The Next Generation, which is probably the one that stands out the most to me, as well as Murdoch Mysteries. Now, Alexa Gilmore plays the Scully analog. She also appeared in The Big Hit, Bless the Child, the Highlander TV series, and Earth Final Conflict. So, 23 acting credits to her name, starting with an episode of My Secret Identity in 1989, and the most recent is Brave New Girl from 2004 so she does not appear to be actively acting any longer. There's also Lori Alter, who played sort of a a trophy wife for Dr. Fry, the guy who did the mind control they were looking for. She's actually the wife of co-creator William Lauren. 42 acting credits to her name, known for House at the End of the Street, Power Play, Goosebumps, and Senior Trip. While she worked most recently, in 2017 as far as her credits are concerned, a lot of her early career may have been based more on her physical attributes than anything else. So a few stewardess, receptionists, and you know attractive women with one name in one-time guest spots on the various shows. So that about wraps it up for this spoof. I do recommend checking out John Woo's Once a Thief the TV series if you can. It may not be that easy to track down outside. Canada, or even inside Canada at this point. It was on the air a little over 20 years ago. The DVDs were produced, they're out there, and they were very reasonably priced. And it's a show well worth checking out, even beyond just this spoof episode. In any event, that's all we have to say about The Director Files from John Woo's Once a Thief. Join us again next week when we go back to our regularly planned coverage for The Amazing Bellini. Thank you for listening.